0: Amen, amen, here in the power of Christ we stand, amen. We'll let our big kids, because they are big kids, not jujubes, grade four, five, six, can head back to their class right now and we're excited for the things that you guys are going to be learning this morning as well. Well, let's just pray together as we turn to God's word this morning. Father God, once again, we are in awe of who you are and what you have done for us. We are in awe of Jesus. His willingness to be born, to live, to die, to be raised again to new life, paying our debt, satisfying you, God. He is enough for us, and God, we are thankful for that. And God, as we talk about living in the truth of that and living in the reality of that, living in the hope of that, living in the freedom of that, we pray that you would speak to us now, God. That you would allow us to know your love and presence. That we would know that Jesus is enough for us. Speak to us now, Father, from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we begin, let's open right to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read this passage one last time as we kind of come to the end of our journey through the fruit of the Spirit here. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 13. We've read this a couple of times already. Let's be inspired and challenged by these words again, what God has put in front of us here. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 13, says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. It's almost like there's a theme this morning or something. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit was contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not able to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. God has given us these tools, these gifts, these Aspects of his very nature, born in us, built in us, and called us to live in a a power and abundance of life that will show the whole world the power of Jesus to save, to transform if we will trust him, if we will trust in the power of His Spirit, if we will trust that He is indeed enough. Amen. God is good, and He is in control, and He is here. This fall, we have begun a journey. God has given us a word, an invitation, a challenge. And our calling, something that we're going to be walking through and exploring for a long time, seeking to understand and pursue, something He is calling His church to see. The same mission it has always been, but fresh and new as our world and our place within it changes. The call to be a sacred presence in the world, a place of refuge for people to find hope and healing and life and truth. A signpost pointing to Him. A temple offering a feeling of connection to our Heavenly Father. Each of us individually and together as the body of believers. His body here to show people the way. God speaks this challenge to us in 1 Peter chapter 2. Our kind of theme verse for this idea. He says, As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who puts his trust in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message which is, Also, what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. This is the call. This is the mission. This is what God is doing, what He is working in you and in us together. That in a world filled with darkness and loneliness, we would be a beacon of light and hope, declaring the praises of a God that others might see and know Him too, bringing the presence of God into the lives of the people around us with our words, with our actions, with just our presence. That the Spirit would be so alive in us that they would see Jesus. When people are with us, they would experience Jesus. It's a huge call and it's something that we're going to be unpacking again for a long time. What does that look like in your life? Who are those people that need to see that around you? Is that what they see, what they hear when they are with you? Do they see The presence of Jesus. Do you see the presence of Jesus in your own life? It's a big question and it's an important one. And the answer should be an easy and obvious, of course. And it is, of course. If we are followers of Jesus, we know He is present in our lives. But we can also see all the ways we fail to. We can feel defeated and unworthy and we can quickly give up. I feel like a bad example of who Jesus is, so I'm going to hide that part to protect him. Protect myself. But before we begin to feel overwhelmed, we had to define and understand what this is supposed to look like. How are we supposed to do this? And our gracious God led us to the fruit of the Spirit. These gifts that He wants us to enjoy and the tools He's given us to use in this calling. He has not left us to wonder lost and confused and overcome. He has given us His Spirit and invited us to trust Him and has planted in us the seeds of His very nature. that He wants to see grow in our lives love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Things that He has given us that we can know Him, enjoy Him, and share Him. These are the pieces of the abundant life that Jesus promised us that God wants us to have. Because life with Him is best. And when we live in the fullness of these things, we will know Him. God isn't just an idea. He is a real person and His nature is not lost to us. It's not a complete mystery. He has given us His Word, His Spirit, His Son, that we can know Him, that we can see Him. That we can live as He has designed us to live and He desires us to live. Filled with the love that He is in Himself. Overflowing with the joy that comes from knowing He is God and He is in control. Radiating peace to a world filled with chaos. Offering patience to people who don't know what they are doing to others. Sharing kindness to people who are hurting. Displaying goodness to a world that needs to see what good looks like. Faithful and trustworthy. A place of rest for people in a world... Filled with lies and loneliness. Offering gentleness when people have only known harshness. And doing all of this in His strength. Not our own, controlling our self. Recognizing that these are not the fruit of our best efforts, but the fruit of the Spirit. Working in us and through us to bring hope and life and transformation to the world. It's an amazing challenge and it's a wonderful way to live a life filled with the presence of God. Each of these pieces holding a wonderful promise. And as we've been walking through them, I hope you've been challenged. Some of these things were probably easier for you, came more naturally to you. Maybe you're a naturally joyful person or patient or kind. And some of these were probably a real challenge to you. Or maybe felt boring or unnecessary. Press into that discomfort. Don't miss out on the growth that God wants you to see. Let the Spirit grow these fruits in you because God wants you to grow. He wants you to see these things work themselves out in your life and the world around you. He's inviting you in and that's exciting. He wants people to see who he is, how much he loves them and he's inviting you to be a part of that. But the reality is we don't have to get stuck in this list either. Running through a checklist in every situation, constantly repeating these words, love, joy, peace, patience. Trying to remind ourselves And react to the things happening around us. Responding one at a time with each of these fruit. We don't have to try to be each of these things because Jesus is all of these things. And He is present in us. The key to the fruit of the Spirit is Jesus and the power of his presence in our lives, spending time with him, getting to know him, and allowing him to shape and mold us into his own image as we do. Because, as wonderful as this list is, these characteristics, these fruits of the Spirit, they aren't the point. Jesus is. He is the source. He is the way and the truth and the life, and it is only in Him that we will find what we need. The things in this list are good, and they can help us to focus and help us to see different aspects of God's nature and character, different parts of what He's desiring to build in us, but they are only parts. Jesus is the whole. He is Fully God and fully human and reveals to us the nature of both who God is and who we were created to be and what we are meant to do. So if we want to understand what it means to live in the fruit of the Spirit, we have to dig into Jesus. Dig into the life of Jesus, who He is, what He is. What he did, what he said, who he cared about, how he lived. Soaking in the word. Memorizing it. Spending time with him in prayer. Letting him speak to our hearts. Being challenged by him. Reading different translations even to see different perspectives. Spending time with the body of believers. Being encouraged together. Because for a lot of us, we can draw a picture of Jesus that just makes us feel comfortable, that we like. And for a lot of us, even, we might have drawn that picture when we were a kid. And it's never really changed from there. And a lot of the times, the picture that we drew looks a lot like us. My Jesus looks just like me. He thinks like me. He cares about what I care about. My politics and my economics and my culture and my relationships. Jesus just lines up with all of that. And then I don't really have to change that much because Jesus is just like me. Lucky me. Everybody else does. But I don't have to. But he's not like us. We are meant to be like him. And when we make Jesus in our own image based on our own assumptions and preferences and comfort, we're not worshiping the real Jesus. And the only way to know the real Jesus is to spend real time with Him. In His Word, talking to Him, with His people, His church. He wants us to know Him. He's not hiding and He wants you to see. Jesus is the most fascinating and compelling person that has ever existed. And he lived here on this earth, walking and talking and eating and living with real people here. And they told us the stories of what he was like, and they were continually baffled and confused by him. He was exciting and terrifying. He was so welcoming and loving, and yet He was so bold and unyielding. He welcomed children in the greatest love and gentleness, and then He flipped tables and called the religious leaders snakes and poison. He commanded the weather and healed the sick and taught us things no one had ever heard before. And as impossible as the things He did seem to us, and as hard as His teaching was at different points, everyone walked away. He still just invites us to follow Him, to be known by Him, to live in Him, to just listen. This mission, this purpose that He has given to us the sacred presence that He is inviting us to be is not too great for us to bear because He's not left us to bear it alone. He's never asked us to lead. He's never asked us to save one single person because we can't. He can. And all He has ever tried to do was get us to trust Him. And He gave us this very Spirit that we've been talking about so that we can. In the Gospel of John, Jesus tells us all about this Spirit and what He is calling us to do. He's in the upper room with the disciples. Trying to prepare them for His death, for the things that were about to happen. And they're getting scared and confused and He wants them to listen, to hear Him. He's trying to describe to them what this life is really supposed to look like, what their life, what our life is really supposed to look like. How he lived, how he understood all of this, what he saw. And it was so hard for him to do. His words seem so confusing because the relationship he has with his father is so deep that we don't understand. He says to them, my prayer is not for them alone, John chapter 17. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. He's talking about us. 2,000 years ago, he saw us. My prayer is not for them alone, his followers, his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. God loves us. His Father loves us the same way He loved His Son. Father, I want those You have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory You have given me because You loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know You, I know You and they know that You have sent me. I have made You known to them and will continue to make You known to them. In order that the love you have for me may be in them. And that I myself may be in them. Listen to these words of Jesus. These are God incarnate pouring out his heart for us. The creator of the universe describing just how deeply he wants relationship with us. What that looks like. It's so hard for him to describe the depth of life and relationship he wants with us like he has with his father because it's so natural to him it's like breathing he and his father are one completely and the life he desires for us with him and with each other is supposed to look like that it was meant to look like that It's amazing it's deep It's profound. And it's not a fantasy. It's not wishful thinking. He's told us how to do it. John 14, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate and will be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. For He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see Me. But you will see Me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in My Father, and you are in Me, and I am in you. There it is again. It's almost like He's trying to tell us something. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, "But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the to the world?" Once again, what is Jesus doing? Why does he do everything wrong? Jesus replied, "Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while I was still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name and build these fruits in you, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I want to be one with you in you, just like my Father and I are one, and I have given you my spirit to make that possible. If you will listen to Him, obey my commands, He will bear the fruit in you that will make that truth real. Do you believe it? Is that really possible? Because it really is. It's really happening. And we can see it happening. For all our failures and all our mistakes, we can see it happening. I have seen it happening. I've had the enormous pleasure and opportunity to serve here for so many years. And I have seen in you the ways that God is growing the fruit of the Spirit. growing in joy and patience and goodness. And I've seen God working these things in my life too, and we still all have such a long way to go. I see all the ways in my life that these things aren't present too. But Jesus is. And He has promised us that He is. He has poured out His heart in each of these verses and showed us how He wants to work in each of our lives. And by His Spirit, He is. The fruit of the Spirit is the result of the presence of Jesus in our lives, deeply, powerfully. It's His work to shape and mold us in His own image for His glory and our joy. Each of these fruit is a, a different aspect of His nature, and we need to study and meditate on each, letting Him build these things in us, but at its heart, it's all just relationship with Jesus. Relationship with our loving Savior who lived and died and rose again for us and is living in us by the power of His Spirit, desiring to bring His presence to the world around us, in us, through us, Are we hungry for that? Seek Jesus. Spend time with Him. Listen, learn, let Him work. And see how these things will grow in your life. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank You for the incredible gift of Your Son and for sending the Spirit. We thank you, God, that even though we do fail and it's so easy to only see the bad things, God, we thank you, God, that we are growing, that we are learning, that you are building these fruit in our life, that by your Spirit and as we walk with you and walk together, God, we see love and joy and peace growing in our lives, patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, all of these, the nature of Jesus growing in us. Father God, we pray for that continued humility and strength. We submit to you, God, and desire that you would burn out of us things that would get in the way. We want to live for you in the power of the fruit of the Spirit, that others can see and know that you are God, that you love them that you died for them too, and you are inviting them into that same abundant life that you offered to us. Use us, Father. Wherever we are, whoever we meet, allow them to experience who Jesus is through us. We submit to you, God. We desire to be used by you. Speak and move in Jesus' name. Amen.